We missed a show last week, so here's your makeup bonus episode. We're grading the trades of the Falvey and Levine era. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren. You can find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As a reminder, hang out in the comments section. We'll hang out with you on YouTube and chit chat. We can share questions, comments, etc., etc., Some of you guys have been really good about chiming in on how you feel about the current state of the team, and we greatly appreciate it. Also, too, if you have comments or questions that you'd like to have addressed on the show in the third segment, the seventh inning stretch, we'd be happy to have those, too. Just send them however via Twitter, via comments, via whatever, Facebook, however you get a hold of me. I had one, maybe two people already text me and another one sent via email, so we appreciate that very much. Also, too, don't forget to check out the Locked On Twins breathless post-game minute as soon as possible after as many games as possible. And if there's enough interest, maybe we'll do some pre-game ones as well. But the big thing is that we will end each of those with a stat that you will not hear anywhere else. We had Matt Lawton on recently. Go back in the archives and check that out. And we have this episode, a very special episode, where we're going to grade the trades of the Falvey and Levine era twins braves on monday 6 20 p.m it's gonna be a dandy with sunny gray against spencer strider that's right the number one strikeout pitcher in all of mlb against the team that strikes out the most do you smell an 8-2 twins win like i do what's that no oh well catch every pitch of the twins hometown broadcast with sirius xm on the sxm app hang out with Corey and danny All you got to do is search Twins. All right, we're going to open it up with the early days of the Falvey and Levine era. The boys took over on October 3rd, 2016. Terry Ryan had been fired right around mid-season, and Rob Anthony filled in for the rest of the season and did, I think, a reasonable enough job given the circumstances. But the Twins had just an absolutely dreadful season, and... These guys did not waste too much time getting things going. But before we get into the significant trades, the whatever trades are the ones that, to me, really didn't move the needle one way or the other. And maybe they intended to, but just didn't. But we're going to quickly run down those because we're not going to spend any time on them. May 8th, 2017, Danny Santana traded to Atlanta for Kevin Chapman. July 27th, 2017, John Ryan Murphy for Gabrielle Moya. Moya was a decent lefty reliever, but didn't do all that much. Phil Hughes and a competitive balance B pick to San Diego on May 27th, 2018. For Yannickson Lobos, a catcher that never made it to the big leagues. And the Padres pick outfielder Grant Little with that pick. And it appears he's no longer active either. So uh, basically a net zero trade there. On August 30th, 2018, the Twins traded Bobby Wilson to the Cubs for Chris Jimenez and Cash. 
Jimenez, Jimenez, I think it's Jimenez. Um, again, basically very similar players on August 9th. So earlier that month, sorry, I got those out of order. The Twins traded Fernando Rodney to the A's for Dakota Chalmers. Again, not a whole lot happened there. Zach Duke traded to the Mariners for Ryan Costello and Chase DeYoung. Uh, Costello has since sadly passed away and Chase DeYoung has kind of kicked around. Duke did not do all that much. And then we move into 19, uh, January 15th, John Curtis traded to the Angels for Daniel Ozoria. Again, nothing much there. Uh, a little later in March, Zach Granite for Xavier Moore, Texas. March 23rd of that, that season, Michael Reed traded to San Francisco for John Andreoli and Cash. In that April, Tyler Austin traded to San Francisco for Malik Ziegler, who never made it to the big leagues. On January 29th, 2020, the Twins traded Ryan Harper to the Nationals for Hunter McMahon. On July 30th of that season, Hunter, uh, sorry, Hansel Robles to the Red Sox for Alex Scherf. Scherf is still kicking around with the Twins in the minor leagues at AA Wichita. He was recently sent back from AAA St. Paul. And also on that day, J-Hap traded to the Cardinals for Evan Sisk and John Gant. On uh, about a month later, August 31st, Andrew Vasquez to the Dodgers for Stevie Berman. On August 2nd, 22, the Twins traded Ian Hamilton to the Guardians for Sandy Leone. Uh, January of this year, the Twins traded Christian Jimenez to Washington for AJ Alexi. They traded Cash in March of the 27th to the Phillies for Gabrielle Yanez. They traded Sean Nolan to Miami for Cash on April 9th. And Trevor McGill to the Brewers for Taylor Floyd on April 30th. Now, those are all the whatever trades. These are the ones from the early days. And as you see on our page, or if you're not watching on the page and you're listening, we have entitled these segments, the early days, hot and cold, and the blunder years. The blunder years being the most recent as last year's trade deadline has really gone sideways on the Twins. But let's start at the beginning, the 2017 trade deadline. And all of these trades happen within the span of a week, which is really telling because uh, <laughs> this is the Jaime Garcia situation where so the Twins acquire Jaime Garcia and Anthony Recker from Atlanta. So Anthony Recker is a catcher who never made it to the bigs of the Twins for pitching prospect Oscar Noa. I'm, I don't know if it's Oscar. Oscar sounds like I have something in my throat. But, um, you know, Inwa was good enough in 2021 to give this trade a D. Jaime Garcia made one start with the Twins, and Wrecker never made it to the big leagues. Inwa is hurt right now, but was good enough, like I said, um, in a brief spell there in 2021. So we're going to give them a D for that one. And, in fact, I want to pull up Inwa's stats just so we can fully appreciate how good he was that season with the Braves. So in 2021, he made 18 appearances, 17 starts, and struck out 100 batters in 91 innings with a, a whip of 111, 9.9 strikeouts per nine. Yeah, gave up a few homers, but um, helped that team enough to give him, um, you know, solid consideration for, and again, a World Series winning team. So, um, but then a week later, Jaime Garcia traded to the Yankees. For Zach Littell and Dietrich Enns, I give that one a B minus. Zach Littell was really, really good for the Twins in 2019. Everything went sideways for him in 2020. He's kicked around with the Giants, Red Sox, I think the Rays. 
He's been kind of all over the map here of late. But Garcia really didn't do that much for the Yankees, and Dietrich Enns didn't really do that much for the Twins. So I did B-minus just because Zach Littell had a nice year in 2019. And also, too, on that day, that deadline, Brandon Kinsler to the Nationals for Tyler Watson. Honestly, I gave it a C. You can see a C-minus. Kinsler went over to the Nationals and was solid. I think he struck out like four, four-and-a-half batters per nine and had a decent ERA. But he wasn't going to be much of a needle mover the rest of the way for a Twins team. That, um, Although, I guess the Twins team did make the playoffs that year, or at least the play-in game. So maybe Kinsler would have been help, helpful there. But Watson was at least a decent enough prospect. Didn't make the major leagues, though. Uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that to a C-, because um, at the time it made sense to make that trade, and it made sense to move Garcia, too. The Twins were sitting at about, I think, a 4% chance to make the playoffs in Fangraph's odds on that day and then had to kind of go off in August and September. Um, so, yeah, it, it, at the time they made sense. Twins end up making the play-in game and getting smoked by the Yankees. Story of the year, story of a lifetime, same as it's ever been. So um, let's talk about eBay Motors quickly before we dive into our next segment where we talk about Hot and cold, or the Twins, the next few years, had some pretty decent trades, but obviously uh, hit and miss. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same with your car. And every pit part, excuse me, needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. So now we are into the hot and cold segment of Falvey and Levine trades. First of all, thank you for making Locked on Twins your first listen every day. And make sure you check out the show. We're going to have a second episode before the first pitch of the Braves series as we get you caught up in the Twins taking two of three over the weekend against the Tigers in a very interesting fashion. Twins are opening a series with the Braves later on Monday here, 6.20 p.m. It's Sonny Gray. It's Spencer Strider. Should be strikeouts left and right. Hopefully not as many on the Twins side as we're expecting because Spencer Strider again leads MLB in strikeouts. You can catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXAMX SXM app, easy for me to say, just search twins. So now we're into 2018, which to me is one of the more frustrating seasons in twins history, mostly because they made moves in the offseason that seemed to make sense. Jake Odorizzi, Lance Lynn, Logan Morrison, Fernando Rodney, et cetera, et cetera. I think, I think um, Addison Reed was on that team in that signing too. And it just, it never came to fruition and all fell apart, but where the trades started there was infielder Jermaine Palacios to Tampa Bay for Jake Odorizzi. Now, 
if we know the background of Palacios, we know he ended up coming back to the Twins and never playing in the big leagues for the Rays. So naturally, Odorizzi being just tremendous for the Twins in 2019, respectable in 2018, things went obviously pear-shaped in 2020, but in general, a very solid pitcher for the Twins, especially in 2019. I gave that trade an A because Palacios, again, did nothing, nothing, nothing for the Rays. Came back and re-signed with the Twins in minor league free agency. Got a cup of coffee last year. Uh, I believe he's still kicking around in the minors, but has not been back to the big league since. But again, the Twins got Jake Odorizzi for basically nothing. So we're giving that one an A. A month later, actually a month less one day, March 16th, the Twins traded Luis Heal to the Yankees for, and this one's going to hurt, Jake Cave. Now, it doesn't hurt in the sense of the grade, but just in the sense of how fans viewed Jake Cave towards the end of his tenure. But I'm giving this trade a B. So Heal has not, not, not given the Yankees all that much. Whereas Jake Cave, the first two years, was legitimately good for the Twins. After his first two seasons, had a 795 OPS and a 112 OPS plus. And again, this is why the Twins may have favored keeping him over um, Lamont Wade Jr., whose trade was a few years later. But again, those two years for Cave were 18 and 19. 20 was kind of a wash. And then before 21... Um, LWJ got traded to San Francisco. So uh, people are going to hate that I gave the, the cave trade such a, a good uh, score, but I, I give it a B. I think it was, um, you know, a good deal at the time. It just didn't, uh, it didn't end well for cave who is now bouncing around in the Philly system. Uh, played a little bit in the big leagues this year, but was, <clears throat> excuse me, not that much of a factor in July. Uh, things kind of went nuts because the Twins had fallen out of the race. They ended up finishing 78 and 84, just a very, very disappointing season. Eduardo Escobar gets traded while the team is, if I'm not mistaken, in Boston. And I think that his trade and the Presley trade were just a couple hours apart. But Escobar goes to Arizona, brings back outfielders Ernie De La Trinidad and Gabriel Maciel. And, oh, yeah, this uh, right-handed pitcher named Juwan Durant. So the Twins get an A just for Durant coming back in the trade. Apologies for my dog barking. I don't know why he's outside being an idiot. Um, but uh, De La Trinidad played an indie ball last year. Gabriel Maciel appears to be out of baseball. But the fact that Juwan Durant is one of the most dominant relievers in all of baseball makes that trade an easy A. Escobar resigned with the Diamondbacks, was decent with them, traded to the Brewers. Finished out his contract there, signed with the Mets, and is now an angel after another injury to an old friend, Mr. Gio Urshela. So very, very good trade for the Twins there. The Presley one, not as good. So later that day, Ryan Presley traded to the Astros for uh, Jorge Alcala and Hilberto Celestino. I gave it a C+. Um, Alcala can't stay healthy, and... Celestino wasn't healthy to start the season, but could be a decent fourth outfielder. Whereas Presley, who was going to be a free agent, um, ended up signing, re-signing with the Astros, his hometown team, or one of his hometown teams, because he's from Texas. Um, what if it, if the Twins had kept Presley 
and re-sign him. That would have obviously been preferable. There's no way of knowing if that was possible because um, everything I heard was that Presley enjoyed Minnesota based on a couple of back channel things, but they haven't shown a tendency, this front office to bring relievers back who are free agents. They let Trevor may go. They let, I mean, they were prepared to let Taylor Rogers go before they traded him, et cetera, et cetera. So all that considered, I, I go C plus Alcala throws hard. And if he could stay healthy, would be decent enough. Um, and at the same time, yeah, Celestino as a right-handed bat should be a decent piece, but just has not really come through yet. He's still young enough, though, at 24 to to do just that. Uh, July 30th of 2018, the Twins trade Lance Lynn to the Yankees for Luis Rijo and Tyler Austin. That one gets a D because Lynn was fairly good down the stretch, and neither guy did much for the Twins. Rijo kicked around in the minors for a bit, and Tyler Austin... Uh, hit a couple homers for the Twins, and then was traded to the Giants. So not much there. Lynn was, yeah, fairly good, pretty good for the Yankees down the stretch, ends up signing with the Rangers in free agency and was good up until this year, basically, for the White Sox. So, yeah, uh, not not a great move. Uh, and then the next day, July 31st, on the deadline, Brian Dozier, fan favorite, gets traded to the Dodgers for Luke Rayleigh. Devin Smeltzer and Logan Forsyth. And honestly, it's a B minus only because Rayleigh helped them net Kenta Maeda uh, years, year and change later. But Smeltzer kind of kicked around, was a decent lefty for a bit, uh, enough to not, you know, hurt the value of this trade. And Logan Forsyth was just a f- throw in. Um, he appeared to be miserable with the twins. And that was pretty much, pretty much it for his career. I think he, had a little bit of time with Texas afterwards, but for the most part was done. Yeah, B minus um, because Rayleigh eventually got them Kent and Maeda. And the last trade of 2018, which is a really, really painful one, is Nick Anderson, who not only is a Minnesota boy, but um, a damn good reliever, uh, got traded to Miami for Brian Shales. Shales out of baseball. Anderson still bouncing around. I think he's with the Braves right now, but he had serious arm injuries and that's what led to him, um, you know, no longer being uh, a factor for a bit there. So Nick Anderson trade gets an F big fat F uh, not, not good at all. We move to 2019 and the trade deadline and it's July 27th. And the Twins trade hulking first base prospect Luis Diaz to the Miami Marlins for pitching prospect Chris Valamont and Sergio Romo. I gave that a B-plus. Sergio was very solid for the Twins down the stretch. It's easy to have a distorted view because that 2019 team in the playoffs was so disappointing. But Romo down the stretch was very, very good for the Twins. Valmont ended up leaving via waivers, but had some some decent stuff, just never really caught on. And Diaz is a career sub 200 hitter who's gotten opportunities with Miami and has now kind of bounced around on waivers. So we're giving that one a B plus, but the next one's painful. And the, the reason it's painful isn't necessarily for the players swapped out because Perlander Baroa and Kaiway Tang haven't even pitched in the major leagues. Barroa's in the minors with the Giants. Or sorry, the Mariners, not the Giants. 
Jalen Davis played in the big leagues for a brief bit with the Giants. Tang was kind of the wild card of the trade. But the Twins traded willingly for Sam Dyson, who turned out to not only be hurt, but a colossally bad person off the field. So that one gets F's, F's, F's. All the F's you can give. Uh, terrible, terrible trade. Sam Dyson was a nightmare inside the clubhouse, outside the clubhouse, and just a, a dreadful, dreadful trade. And yeah, there's people who relitigate the 2019 deadline to say they didn't do enough to improve the team. I think the spirit of what they tried to do made sense. But you look back on it in 2019, you end up starting Randy Dobnak in Yankee Stadium in the playoffs. Kind of story kind of writes itself. But certainly didn't help that Kyle Gibson was dealing with some digestive tract issues and that sort of thing. So it it made some sense at the time, but it blew up in their faces. Buxton gets hurt, and the rest is history there. We flash forward, though, to 2020. And obviously, we know 2020 was a challenging year outside of baseball. Twins only made one notable trade, and it was Bruce Dargratterall, Rayleigh, and then a player to be named later, or Cash, for Jair Camargo, a catcher. And then Kent Maeda, starting pitcher Kent Maeda. We're giving this one a B. Gratterall is still poking around with the Dodgers, still throws hard, but has never really struck anybody out. He still throws some pretty beginnings for them. Rayleigh has since moved on to the Rays, where he is having a very nice uh, power season this year. But Kenta finishes second in the Cy Young balloting that year. Short season, but again, it still counts for something in the sense that it was 66 innings adjusted to a 60-game schedule, which would come out to about 180 and 162-game schedule. So while his war as a twin is not that impressive, the way he pitched in 2020 makes this a lot better. Now, 2021, he struggled, got hurt, missed 2022, and we're still not really sure Excuse me, what the Twins are going to get in 2023. Last start was encouraging. Also, it was against Detroit. So we're sitting at a B right now. Uh... But there's room for this one to drop or bump up and probably more likely to drop just because Gratterall is still young and has, for the most part, stayed healthy. All right, 2021, where everything runs hot and cold all over again. Lamont Wade Jr. to the San Francisco Giants for Sean Anderson. That's a big fat F on February 4th, so two days after Groundhog Day. Twins trade spare outfield depth. They choose to trade Lamont Wade rather than Jake Cave, because they felt they had a squeeze in the outfield at the time. Granted, that year, the Twins ended up being especially, especially lean in the outfield. So not only would have uh, Wade been good for the Twins, but he turned it on based on a hand adjustment or some kind of swing adjustment in San Francisco and has since been very, very good. Sean Anderson, meanwhile, never pitched for the Twins and has just been kind of bouncing around since. Um Trade made sense at the time because the Twins were looking for live arms in a pitching staff that could use them. But again, you can't relitigate it without saying it was an absolute, brutal, miserable failure. Now, with that said, on July 22 of that year, the Twins trade Nelson Cruz and Calvin Faucher to the Rays for Drew Strotman and this guy with a mustache who had pitched for Team USA named Joe Ryan. This is the best deal of the Falvey and Levine regime by a long shot. And honestly, 
maybe one of the finest trades in Twins history. Fosher, Fosher, Fauscher, I think it's Fauscher, has been an up-down guy with the Rays. He's made some starts. He's opened that sort of thing, but has not really broken through. Um, Cruz was very, very ordinary down the stretch for the Rays and has not been a difference maker anywhere he's been since, generally speaking. Meanwhile, Joe Ryan is arguably the best pitcher on the staff for the Twins. And, you know, that was true last year when the staff was brutal. This year, with a very good starting staff, Joe Ryan at the top actually means something. So, A-plus across the board for that one. But then we have the one that looked good for a while and now doesn't look so good. Jose Barrios getting traded to Toronto for Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson. So, at the time, the trade looked like a solid, I would say, B-plus. Austin Martin was a huge prospect. Simeon Woods-Richardson looked like, for his age, he was going to be successful at high levels and, and make a difference in the big leagues. Um, Martin has since dealt with a number of injuries and is again sidelined down in the minors after a freak collision in the outfield. And Simeon Woods-Richardson has regressed significantly this year. But the trade is a C because Jose Barrio signed a massive extension that he was never going to get with the Twins, with the Blue Jays. Um, it was downright awful last year. This year he appears to be pretty close to what he was towards the end of his Twins tenure. Now, it would be pretty easy to give this trade a D for the Twins or worse. I want to see, though, where Barrios' career goes from here because it's a long contract. The Twins just don't give out six-year deals to pitchers. You know, they gave the, the Pablo Lopez contract was four years. I don't even know if they do five. But, again, that, that's kind of the extent of what they do. So I gave that trade a C. Now we're into the seventh inning stretch, and I call this the blunder years. The last few years here, 22 and 23, have not been great. Now, there have been a couple of decent trades, and we'll get to those in just a second. But before we do that, Twins, Braves, Monday, 6.20 p.m. Again, Sonny Gray and Spencer Strider. Strider is the MLB strikeout leader, and you and I and everyone know that the Twins are the strikeout leader on offense. So, could be a very uh, windy game, air-conditioned game down there at Truist Park if the Twins are swinging like they have all season long. You can catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Now, the last bit of trades here, we go back to March of 2022. Twins trade Mitch Garver for Ronnie Enriquez and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. I'm giving it a B-plus. But primarily because Garver has been hurt. He's been pretty good for Texas, but just has not been available, has not been able to catch very much. But the Twins traded Isaiah Kiner-Falefa the next day. Enriquez has been a non-factor for the Twins and is struggling at St. Paul. But it, it, it dovetails into the next day when the Twins trade Josh Donaldson, Kiner-Falefa, and Ben Rorkved for Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. Now, that's an A-, and the reason it's an A- is they dumped Donaldson, who was just a not a good fit and was making a ton of money and is now a complete disaster in the Bronx. Um, IKF, Yankee fans don't really like him, but he's done fine. Uh, Rortbat's been hurt, and Gary Sanchez was pretty much a non-factor. He played way too much at catcher last year after injuries, um, and Urshela Ursh was a cult favorite who they didn't bring back. But it's an A- minus. Because it was that financial maneuvering that allowed the Twins to bring in Carlos Correa. And even if you didn't think Correa had the greatest year last year, although it was very good, 
what that represented in terms of the flexibility to bring in Korea, Korea, sorry, um, to me gives it an A minus. So I think there'll probably be some pushback on that, but to me, that's an A minus trade. Also, an A minus trade is the same day Chase Petty to the Reds for Francis Peguero and Sonny Gray. Now, that is going to be a very unpopular opinion because, first of all, uh, Petty has been really pitching well in the minor leagues, but it's high A. So we do need to tap the brakes a little bit. He's still quite a ways from the big leagues. He's plenty young, so it still could happen. But Sonny Gray has been a bona fide ace this year and was very good last year. And that kind of pitching just doesn't come around every day. So even if the Twins don't re-sign Sonny Gray, and I don't think they will, that's an A- minus for me. Again, leave your comments at the door, or rather in the comment section, if you disagree, and I think you might. Uh, about a month later, Twins trade Taylor Rogers, Brent Rooker, and Cash to San Diego for Chris Paddock, Emilio Pagan, and Brian Medina. And I gave that a C-, and I'll tell you why. Because Rooker breaking out, and he has not hit in the last month plus, by the way, happened multiple teams later. So to me, it's not really a factor in the grading of the trade. Rodgers was very good and then very bad, got flipped to the uh, the Brewers, was very bad for them. Um, but you have to really kill the Twins for Pagan because of the role he played last year. Now, this year he's filled his role fairly well, but in low leverage spots. Anytime he gets into any hot water, he peels like a potato that's been boiled. Um, Chris Paddock, I'm a big, big fan of Chris Paddock, and I think he's going to be an asset for this team, if not at some point this season, because he's still coming back from TJ. But, um, you know, definitely next season he signed that bridge contract. And um, so we'll see what happens. Medina has been pretty much a non-factor at – the Twins uh, Florida Complex League, 6.57 ERA, 12 innings. So really it's more about uh, what they've gotten from um, Pagan, which this year has been decent but not in a big-time role, and Paddock, who has been hurt. So I give it a C-, minus. plenty of room for it to improve if Paddock comes back healthy. A little later in the season, as the Twins were chasing their tail, trying to stay in the race, they traded Sawyer Gibson Long to Detroit for Michael Fulmer. Give that one a C. Fulmer was decent but not great, and Gibson Long has been hurt but has looked decent enough in the Detroit system. Gives up too many homers, though, and that could be a very, very big issue. But again, basically a non-entity of a trade because Fulmer ends up leaving in free agency. He's been horrible for the Cubs, and the Twins didn't make the playoffs. So it is what it is. Here's the painful one. Christian Encarnacion Strand, Steve Hajar, and Spencer Steer to Cincinnati for Tyler Malley. Sorry about the dog, guys. Um, so that that's a big fat F. There's no sugarcoating. That's a big fat F. The trade made sense at the time. Tyler Malley had the look of a pitcher who could leave Great American Ballpark, be very, very good, and make it worth the Twins bringing him over trying to improve him enough to be a number one, number two starter. Twins never really saw that, never saw him healthy long enough, and now his arm's blown out as he heads into free agency. I really do hope the Twins try to sign him to one of those bridge contracts similar to Paddock, although probably at a different value just because he's got more big league success. But again, trade is a big fat F. Same day, Juan Nunez, Cade Povich, Juan Rojas, and Yanir Cano for Jorge Lopez. 
I gave that trade a D, and I know most people would give it an F, and I'll probably get killed for that as well. But at the time, the trade made sense. Lopez had been an all-star. He was throwing the crap out of the ball. Cano had been horrible with the Twins, and he was also horrible with the Orioles. Rojas and Nunez are dart throws. And Cade Povich has put together a really nice last month or so, but his season numbers aren't all that great as well. Now, with that said, Povich is probably going to be the one that makes this trade look real bad. With that said, I, I still believe Lopez can get himself right and help this team down the stretch. If he can't, the trade becomes a big fat F, and I'm sure in the eyes of a lot of people, it already is. Gio Urshela to the Angels for Alejandro Hidalgo. That's a C minus. Urshela's season is over. He's about to hit for agency, but Hidalgo walks everyone. He's a super low level prospect. Probably will never become anything in theory. So yeah, C minus, pretty much a non-issue. Uh, Casey Legumina to the Reds for Kyle Farmer. Uh, Legumina is already 26, hasn't done much in the big leagues. Um, profiles kind of as a middle reliever, whereas Farmer... Catches the ball, plays you know good defense, and he'll give you a good at bat most of the time. I give that a B plus because Kyle Farmer's not just a guy on the roster, and I think we need to remember that. Now, with that said, now we're into 2023, and the Twins have made two trades. January 20th, the Twins traded Luis Arise to the Marlins for Byron Churio, Jose Salas, and Pablo Lopez. I am hanging on to that trade as a B because. Lopez, to me, still has a lot of the characteristics of a top-tier starting pitcher. In terms of war, he's near the top of MLB, striking everybody out. He's been you know, decimated by some shaky defense, some walks of like lower-in-the-order hitters. All these things are definitely fixable. Salas is a pretty good prospect having a tough season. Chorio's a dart throw. And honestly, Arai's role on this team... Would have been unclear. Based on how he hit down the second half last year, 289 in the second half, but a low OPS, not really a fit at first base. Uh, granted, you know, Jorge Polanco's been hurt now, so Arise could have maybe been a fit at second base, but you couldn't have known that ahead of time. Um, yeah, I'm still giving it a B. Obviously, the Twins would love to have Arise at this point, but they also are certainly happy they have Lopez as opposed to Aaron Sanchez starting every fifth day. So I gave it a B. And finally, the last one is Steven Cruz and Evan Sisk to Kansas City for Michael A. Taylor. And I gave that an A because, you know, Michael A. Taylor strikes out all the time. He doesn't have good plate discipline, but he's already popped 10 homers and plays good defense in center. And you just, you put him in the nine hole, you don't expect too much out of him, and he's an asset. With that said, it does hurt a little more with this Twins team striking out as much as they are, that he's a part of that kind of team as opposed to what should be a good offensive team, and he's just at the bottom kind of doing his thing. But in general, uh, Sisk has done nothing in the minors. I don't believe Cruz has either. And Taylor has, again, been a big league asset for the Twins in the absence of Byron Buxton in the outfield. So A on that one. In general, uh, I'm coming away from this a little more negative than I was before. Um, the Donaldson and whatever trade to the Yankees was pretty good. Petty for Sonny was pretty good. Uh, Michael A. Taylor was pretty good. Joe Ryan was fairly solid. Getting Duran for Eduardo Escobar was all right. Oda Rizzi for Palacios was very, very good. 
But with that said, uh, plenty of negatives too. But I would say the mixed results are pretty much what you would expect with any front office. So I don't think they're missing the grade or passing the grade by that much. Our old friend update before we take off, and we have run well into overtime. Taylor Rogers has a 2.67 ERA, 11.3 strikeouts per nine, and a 4.3 walk per nine rate through 27 innings with the Giants. So those numbers alone look very good. Opponents have hit a buck 70 against him with an OPS just over 500. But over his last 26 games, spanning 23 and two thirds innings, he's given up one earned run. That's a 0.38 ERA. It has dropped his season ERA from 18.90 on April 12th to again 2.67 today. And he and twin brother Tyler Rogers are part of the bridge to Camilo Doval in a Giants bullpen that is you know, fairly decent on the back end. Doval is, is exceptional. All right, with that said, that's a wrap for this special edition of Locked on Twins. Thanks for hanging out. And make sure to check out the episode where we recap the Tigers series and get you ready for Twins Braves over the next few days. Thanks for making Locked on Twins your first listen every day. And make sure you check out the show coming up here later today. Like I said, the preview of the Braves series. Follow us at Locked on Twins at Brandon underscore Warren. Subscribe, like, give us a five-star rating wherever you are listening or watching. And thank you for hanging out today, and don't forget to stop by tomorrow.